This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Uh, Before we pray, let me just say that I'm just so encouraged by what God's been doing through our psalm series. It was supposed to have ended last uh, uh, week, but uh, I just felt like we needed to go on. It's okay if we go on with the shout series a little longer, amen? And so I guess it is because we're already up here doing it. But uh, 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 God's been good. Uh, he's been speaking to our hearts. And uh, last week, you know, I preached for that older Bible in this service, and I don't know if you caught that when I hit it like that. <laughs> One, I forgot it was fragile, but two, there was just a puff of dust. I was like, that's 1,800 dust. Come on now, amen. So I've been used to using my uh, electronic Bible here, but I, I just enjoyed having a, the Word with me, so I brought one back with me today. Let's, uh, let's read Psalms 145. But before we do, Father, open your Word to us that we might be changed by it. God, let me get out of the way, and you get completely in the way now. In Jesus' name, amen. I will extol you, my King, or my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever, and every day. When? Every day. day. That means good and bad alike. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. In other words, you're never going to reach the end of God's greatness. Come on now. One generation, I love this, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Let me just ask you, are you doing that? Are you telling the next generation how good God is? Are you telling the next generation about the faithfulness of God? Are you living in such a way that God's moving for you so you can tell the next generation? Because God is good. I'm telling you, I want to live this verse out. I've been trying this for for years with my kids, and now just a couple of months away from our first grandchild getting here, I'm gearing up. You you just get ready, those of you who are on social media. You're going to see me posting pictures, and my my little grandbaby's going to be stretching like this, and I'm going to look. They're already praising God. Come on now. Amen. Because I want the next generation to know about the faithfulness of God. I want the next generation to know that God's been good to us. I I want the next generation to know that if it weren't for God, we wouldn't be in God's house. We'd be in some 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 wrong house. Let me just put that. I'm I'm like uh, umpteenth generation drunk Indian. I'm not kidding. I'm not supposed to be in God's house. I'm not supposed to be preaching the word of God. But I heard the story. There was a little woman when no man would arise. There was a little woman up in Bowersville, Georgia, who said, we need a church full of the power of God. And so she went out and and this little lady went out and she built a brush arbor and she built that brush arbor. And under that brush arbor, people started coming from all around and God started showing up. And my grandma started dragging my daddy by the ear. Come on. Dragging him to God's house. He'd literally leave the moonshine still from the family to go to God's house. Drag him to God's house, drug him into God's house, and God got a hold of his life. And then when he was, uh, he went into uh, Vietnam, uh, he, he found Christ down at Fort Benning, uh, uh, Georgia, down in Columbus, Georgia, and he gave his life to Christ, and God started changing our family, and the curse was broken. I don't want my kids to see the blessings and not remember the pain. 
I remember drunk uncles that couldn't stand up coming in the driveway. I remember family that needed to get their act together. I remember those kind of things. My kids have never had to see those kind of things, and I don't want them to ever have to see those kind of things, but, but it's time for us to begin to remind our families that God's been good to us. And they shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. That's what we were. You are worthy of it all. Amen. Listen to verse 8. It's important. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Anybody thankful for that? Slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. When shall they do that? Every single day I will bless the Lord. John Wooden was the, the coach of the UCLA Bruins that, that, that uh, coached them to, I believe it was 10 national championships and six uh, Coach of the Year awards for himself. And, and John Wooden is not, not only famous on the ball court, but he's famous off the court because of his leadership teachings. How many of you have ever seen what they call the pyramid of success? Anybody seen that? A few hands in this place. John Wooten was given a pyramid of success, which was seven different creeds by his father the day he graduated from elementary school. And these were the things that would lead his life and help him change the lives of many of the great athletes of his era. The number one thing that his father told him in that creed was, be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. I'll come back to the second thing. The next thing was help others. The third thing was drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible. The next thing was make friendship a fine art. The next, build a shelter against a rainy day. The next, pray for guidance and give thanks for your blessings every single day. But the second one is where we're going to focus today. That second one was this, and it was simple. He said, I want you to make every single day a masterpiece. I want you to make every day of your life, son, a masterpiece. Now, what would that be like if every day of our lives were a masterpiece? I fear that most of us don't really have a clue because our lives aren't masterpieces. They're more mass productions. How many of you remember this commercial? Now, in the first service, almost every hand went up, but how many of you remember this commercial where there was this little guy with a, with a really big mustache and he'd put on his little uh, paper hat every single morning and every, the light would come on in his house. He'd go out the door and he'd start driving toward the place he has to work and he would say, it's time to make the donuts. <laughs> Hardly anybody over 30 is smiling right now, but the rest of us remember that commercial because it was almost every day. It's time to make the donuts. Boom, start all over again. Boom, start all over again. And we're going through our lives and we're living our lives. And, and I hate to say we're even coming to church and it's mass produced. It's not really something that we're making a masterpiece out of. It's not really something that's our heart. It's, it's not really something that, 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 that has a hold of who we are. We're, we're not making it a masterpiece. We're living this mass-produced faith, and we're, we're living this life where we know that every day it's just I'm getting up, and I'm doing this, and I'm driving here, and I'm doing this, and we're running this errand, and we're doing all these things, and we're not really honoring uh, God the way that we're supposed to be. 
I mean, how do you make every day a masterpiece? What would that look like? And I thought about the days of your life that are masterpieces. I, 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 as I look around, I, I think of some of your weddings and how, how you plan for so long and how, how, how you got everything just perfect. I, I remember those moments when you, you came down and, and your, your groom saw the bride for the first time. And, and all of those moments that, that you put it all together, those are masterpieces. Or about, how about the day that, that you celebrated the birth of your child? Or maybe you had many children. Those are masterpieces. Those are days that you celebrate. Those are days that you remember. But, but what about all those days in between? Because unless you just have like, unless you're like the Duggar family, you've not had a whole lot of children. I mean, how do you, how do you keep celebrating? <laughs> you see that wife back there just hit her husband and said, we're not there yet, but we're on our way. Come on now, amen. <laughs> but, but how do you keep celebrating? How do you keep moving forward and making every day a masterpiece when every day doesn't have something special like that? This is what I believe you have to do if you want to make every day a masterpiece. And it's very, very simple. You have to live out Psalms 145 and 2. This is the series we're in here at the church. We're, we're living through the Psalms, how to take the word and not just read it, but live it. And this must become our heart's cry. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you that the only thing that's going to change your days from mass production to masterpieces could be this one key. And the simple key is this. I don't really think that it's possible to have a masterpiece if you're not praising God. As a matter of fact, I think that it's a wasted day and it's not lived to its fullest potential if every day you're not blessing God. If every day you're not determined to make up your mind that somehow today I'm going to honor God. If you read Psalms 150, you'll find that the psalmist had one thing in common. They may have been down, they may have been out, they may have been under punishment, they may have been in times of blessings, but one thing remained the same throughout every portion of that time was that they said, God, you're still worthy and we bless your name. Over and over and over again, they made up their minds. And I wonder how our situations might change if we made up our minds that we're going to bless God in spite of where we are, that we're going to give God the praise that he deserves no matter what we're facing. Even in the darkest moments of our lives, we clear back the storms of depression. We clear back the doubt and we lift up our voices and we say, God, you're still faithful, you're still good, and I adore you and I love you and I worship you the way that you deserve. Why don't you worship him for a moment in this house? Amen. That we bless him when every day, when every day. That word, or those words every day in this passage really have a double meaning, and it could be determined this way it's every day in every way. Every day in every way, I'm gonna find a way to bless God. I mean, it's not something you just do here and there, it's every day. Every day, I'm gonna change my life in such a way that it's gonna bless God. Every day. Now, how many of you feel like sometimes even your faith becomes mass-produced? Anybody? Can I just tell you an honest moment in my life, and I hate to have to share this with you, but you know, I have my personal prayer time, and, and God's been, God did something amazing in that yesterday. But the other morning, when we get in the car to go to school, one of the first things is Charlie and I race to see who's going to put their seatbelt on first. Sometimes I let him win. We get our seatbelts on. And then he says this, all right, pray. We bow our heads. And that little boy has learned to value prayer. I'm amazed. He says, pray. So the other day I prayed my prayer. And let me just say I prayed my standard prayer. And I prayed my prayer. And when I finished praying my prayer, Charlie said, Uncle Don, why do you say the same thing every day? I wanted to sound spiritual and say, 
well, I'm invoking the presence of God and blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm sorry. Because I heard a verse that said, don't be like the heathen using vain repetitions. Because I don't want my faith to be mass produced. I want to give God a masterpiece. I want to give God a day that He can use. Sort of like yesterday, I got alone with God and I began to cry out to God. And as I began to talk to God, God began to speak to my heart. And I, and I began to pray about for you. And as I began to pray for you and I began to pray for the different families going through crisis in our church. And somehow I ended up around thinking about what God's doing and the progress that's happening. And the engineers were here this week and what's happening in our, our church's growth and the, the new building and the things that are happening. And I said, God, I don't want to depend on man. God, I want to depend on you. God, I want you to show up and show out for this church. I had to come, uh, swing up here yesterday to make sure the temperature would be right for you guys. And while I was here, someone put something in my hand and, and, and I said, okay. And I, I honestly thought it could have been something from a lawyer. I just looked that way. And so I popped it open. And when I, I popped it open, I, 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 I went, whoa. Someone I did not know had sent a five-figure check to this church. And I said, God is good. <laughs> but then it hit me. God was already answering a different prayer. It was that quick. It was that fast. So why, unless there's a big need, are we not being careful of the masterpieces that we're asking God to create out of our days? God, let my children serve you every day of their life. God, fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. God, change our hearts, change our lives. Make us yours, oh God. And I'm trying to tell you the best way to begin that is to make this determination in your life that every day you're going to bless God. If you had grown up in a Jewish home in the time of Christ, you would have understood why they do what they do. They had over a thousand different blessings. How many of you say the blessing before your meals? You know what I'm talking about? You know, I, I was taught as a child by, by, by Sunday school teachers, you got to say that blessing. you got to pray it like this. God bless and cleanse it in Jesus' name and sanctify it. Because you don't want it to be poisonous and kill you. First of all, I don't want to eat somebody's food. I don't know where it came from. But that's, as I've told you in the past, that's just an incantation. It's almost like a witchcraft thing over your food. That's not why you pray. The reason we bless our food is because it came down from our Jewish roots. And the Jewish culture said that anytime you brought something good into your life, something new into your life, you blessed God for it. So if you were putting on new boots, you said, thank you, God, for the new boots. If you were putting on new clothes, you said, whoa, thank you, God, for the new threads. Come on now, amen. If you, if you were experiencing something new, moving into a new home, you took that moment to move into that new home and you said, God, I want to thank you for how you blessed us. Because in the Jewish culture, if you ate a good meal, if you put something new into your life and you didn't stop and say, thank you, God, then you were stealing from God. That was what they taught. You're stealing from God. So let me just ask you this question today. What are we stealing from God? What have we not been grateful for that he's been good to us about? How has he blessed us that we're really not thankful for? How has he blessed and changed our lives that we've not been excited about? We used to be excited because he just let us into his house. We thought it was by mistake, but somewhere we started getting comfortable and we started getting apathetic about it. And before long, we stopped being so excited. And then we were doing God a favor by showing up. Sorry, let me back up on that one. But why don't we remember that it is by grace that we have been saved, not of works lest any man should boast. None of us deserve the right to come into this place and feel the power of the Holy Spirit. None of us deserve the right to have the word of God come alive inside of us. But blessed be the Lord God Almighty who looked down in his infinite love and his infinite grace and gave us the right to not only come in but boldly walk in and declare God's been good and his mercy endures forever.
Amen. God has been good to us. It must become our declaration, not just a verse that every day I'll praise thee, but it must become my, my plan. It must become who I am. You must change some things about your life. I hadn't planned this illustration, but it came to me in the first service, and it was actually right in front of my dad. But, but I fear that in many ways, I, I, I'm lucky in some ways I've become my dad, but, but in many ways I, I picked up some of these other things. And I said, what if, what if uh, you change your opening line and your closing line? I said, for instance, this was my dad's opening line every morning. I remember after he'd worked hard the day before. You ready for this? This was my dad's opening line of every day. Oh. How many, how many speak the same language, right? Yeah. Here's his closing line. It's really deep. Oh. Come on now. I remember as a kid, I'm like, I'm not going to make those weird noises when I get old. Oh, come on now. But God began to deal with my heart. Why is the opening line and the closing line referring to our pain? Why is the opening line and the closing line of your life dreading some situation? Why is it regret? Why is it depression? Why is it pain? Why is it bitterness? Why are those things the opening and closing lines of your life? And here's what I, and my dad was looking at me laughing like, yeah, you heard me do that a few times. And I'm like, I'm like, but dad, let's change that. Let's change it to where, to where instead of it being, oh, it's, oh, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Come on. And instead of, oh, oh, hadn't God been good to us today? Let's bless his name and begin to declare that the Lord is good and that this is the day that the Lord has made. And if you're going, Pastor Don, you want us to sound like some bunch of freaks. Well, well, yeah. I want you different than the world. I want you changed. I want you operating out of the abundance of your heart. And I want you to begin to say, God, I want to thank you for this day. And instead of waking up going, oh, it's time to make the donuts, wake up and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen today. It might be good and it might be bad, but I'm going to conquer it by the blood of Jesus. I'm going to overcome by the power of your spirit because, God, you've been good to me. Amen. Amen. The word bless in Scripture is multifaceted. It is the most, listen to me carefully, it is the most used word in the Old Testament, the word bless. Used more than any other word. But most of the time it's not from us to God, but from God to us. It began in Genesis 1.27 when God said, He blessed them, His word says He blessed them and told them to go and be fruitful and to multiply. In case you don't understand, that's who God is. It's not all about what you can do for Him. It's really more about what He wants to do for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to change your life on every side. He wants you to know that He loves you. He wants you... Do you know what the greatest way to bless someone is? See, that's the other side of this word. And there's actually three meanings to this word bless in Scripture. But the other side of this word is this. It means to not only receive a blessing, but to bless the blesser. And I've given my children gifts that I've worked hard to give to them. And I've watched them take and leave those down in the living room. They didn't make it to their rooms. Never saw them use them. And I thought, do you appreciate the blessing I've given you? Do you appreciate what I've done for you? But when I see them get those things out, when I see them embrace them, begin to live in them and use them. And if I, if I buy them something, to see them running around in it, that speaks to me. 
You see, the Word says to bless God. But I bless God by walking in the freedom that He's given me in my own life and the blessings He's given us. If you would begin to live your life in such a way that it would bless God, it would change everything about you. Now listen to me carefully. Just a moment, we're going to take a a second to bless God. But here's the other side of that word bless. It means to kneel. It means that I will humble myself and I will stop being unthankful and I will become thankful. God, I may not like where I am, but I thank you that you're with me. And as you begin to get that attitude, God begins to change your situation because you begin to faithfully serve Him. Why don't you stand with me in this place? But here's the truth, and I want you to get this simple, simple truth that God's been good to you. On the good days, you should bless Him. On the bad days, you should bless Him. You should have gratitude. You should be thankful in the ways that it doesn't make sense to others. Lots of people can shout on the mountaintop, but when you're in the valley, when you've lost something, you can still find gratitude. It reminds me of this man from Scripture called Job. Job lost his children. He lost his house. He lost his wealth. He lost it all in one day. Job gathers himself together and he makes this statement. He says, For the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the Lord. I think as I'm talking today, some of you are facing the taken away. Struggles and pains and problems have hurt you. But God's still God. Some of you may have gotten a raise this week. Some of you may have had an advancement this week. God's still God. Would you join with me in blessing His name? We're going to close this service just a little different today. Come on, just lead us in a song for just a moment, and then we're going to come back around and pray. God, you're worthy of it all. Why don't you bless it? Oh, and from you are all things. To you are all things. Because you deserve the glory. This is how you can live this sermon right here. You're worthy of it all. God, you're worthy of it all.
Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment in this place. We exalt thee, O God, maker of heaven and earth. For you alone are holy and you alone are worthy. And Lord, not only for these that are here, but those that are watching or listening now, Father, I, 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 we collectively cry out, God, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. Thank you for your favor. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions quickly. If you're here today and you understand that you've not been blessing God because you've not been acting out of the right heart of gratitude, you've not been living out of the right place, you've been more focused on what your struggles are, your problems, or your weaknesses, and today you want to just confess that and you want to begin afresh and anew with God. God's all about new starts. If that's you, can I just see your hand right where you are? Would you put it up, hold it up high? Hands going up all over this place. Thank you, thank you. You can put those down. Now here's something I've learned about being a parent. I love being with my children. I love when they come home. That's the greatest blessing. It's a great blessing. And I'm excited about that developing as our family grows. The great joy is when the greatest way to bless me is to come be with me. Well, today, somebody, you want to bless God, but you're not serving God. You haven't come home to Him yet. You don't know Him the way you're supposed to know Him. Or you prayed a prayer and you prayed that's all it was. You didn't come home to Jesus. And you want to change your life today. I didn't embarrass anybody else to raise their hand, and there was probably 50 people that raised their hand a moment ago, and I'm not going to embarrass you now. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Don, today I, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. I want to come home to God. I want to make things right in my life. If that's you, can you just hold your hand right where, where it is? Hold it up, hold it up. I'm seeing some young hands going up. I'm seeing some, some young men's hands going up. Are there others today? This is your moment. This is your time. I'm making things right with Jesus Christ. Where are you? I've seen several hands go up, but where are the rest? Hold them up high. Hold them up high. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, I want you to join hands with someone near you. We're going to pray with these. You might be standing next to one of those that raised their hand this morning. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and as long as I'm the pastor of this church, this is going to be the foundational verse. The Bible says that you must believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And if you do those things, you will be born again what the word says so we're going to pray a prayer the prayer doesn't do it but the faith does the work and we're going to pray a prayer of faith together now and these lives are going to be changed for all eternity and then i'm going to pray for all of us let's pray this prayer together jesus by faith i believe your promises heavenly father forgive me of my sins i'm in need of a savior i give you my past my present and my future in Jesus name I declare from this moment forward I am yours in Jesus name God is my father heaven is my home Jesus is my Lord Father I pray for these that have prayed this today some as maybe for the very first time and others for a point of rededication God, I pray that what's beginning in them now will bubble over into every area of their life. And as you make them new, afresh and new, thank you for how you've changed their lives. And Lord, we will bless you.
For everyone who said, Lord, change our hearts back to a place of gratitude. We say it now. Thank you, God, for all you've done. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your... Come on, church, join me. Thank you for how you blessed us. Thank you for the, the grace and the strength and the mercy of God and because you've been good and your mercy endures forever in Jesus' name. Now, come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah. God's been good to us. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.